When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. (laughs) Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. I guess I need a mic. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to sit here and shoot the shit like I don't need a mic. (laughs) So today we are talking about an episode that's one of my favorites. In fact, out of all the episodes we've watched so far, it's probably my favorite one. But it's like a lot of other people's least favorite. Oh, it's hated. This is a heavily contested episode. It really is. And it's so strange to me because the thing that people don't like about this episode is the fact that we had a dog birthday party, which is really fucking strange to me because out of all the things that are problematic about this show or haven't aged well about this show, certain people like to use the dog birthday party as an example of what they don't like about the show. Make it make sense. I know. And I just feel like it's such a weird thing to hate. It really is because it's so harmless. It's just cute. It's kind of a typical like early 2000s reality show thing because small dogs were such a thing. Like the Osborne small dog, Paris Hilton small dog. Like it was just such a thing. And it's not a viewer hater thing. Like it's not viewers hating it. It's Kendra started it. She turned it into this whole thing and just everybody else has jumped on board, even to the point where like a couple weeks ago, Crystal Hefner did this kind of rude rant about us on her Instagram story. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the show. And she's like, I hate that show. I hate all this. I hate all that. I hate doggy birthday parties. But ironically, I had followed her up until that point. And just less than a month ago, she had a birthday party for her dog on her Instagram story. She's like, oh, it's Lady's 10th birthday. And like her and a friend like took their dogs to a park and like had all these treats and all this stuff for the dogs. And I'm like, wait, did you forget that you just did a dog birthday party? And now you're like, I hated doggy birthday parties. It's so weird. Tag PETA. I I, f- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to actually start out with a little context about this and how it even came to be. Yeah. Because, I, okay, I do have no idea how this became the most controversial slash hated episode. <laughs> But in order for an episode, and I know we've talked about this before, but I just want you to go through this with me again. We would have ideas. Mm -hmm. We would have a schedule of what's coming up. And obviously, I just got Winnie in season one. It's her birthday coming up. Kevin always said that some of the most popular things that the fans loved about the show were animals. Like they want to see more with the animals. So what can we do more with the animals? And that makes sense too, because one of the reasons I really love this episode, I noticed it first when I was doing the YouTube rewatch years ago and I texted you about it. I'm like, Dog Birthday Party is one of my favorite episodes because it's so visual and it's so cute. And of course, I'm partial because they were our pets. So of course, I love seeing them again because they're no longer with us, unfortunately. This was a long time ago, but it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. But so, so I'm coming up with ideas along those lines mm-hmm. and what a perfect way to include all of the pets. Yeah. With a dog birthday party. It's Wednesday's birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. And I do celebrate my pet's birthdays. Yeah. I mean, it may not be as elaborate as a whole dog birthday party like that, but I still do things for my pets. And so Kevin has to like the idea. Mm-hmm. And then not only then, it has to go through Hef and Hef yeah. has to agree on the idea. So he obviously liked the idea. Mm-hmm. And then E has to be okay with it too. Yeah. So like it went through so many different channels before mm-hmm. anything gets approved on the show. Any yeah. like that's going to be like a whole episode like that was or it's at least half the episode. And so I'm just like, okay, you guys can hate on dog birthday party all you want, but it went through a lot of people and exactly. a lot of people had to agree that this is a great idea. Yeah, 100%. And it's just so harmless and it's just so, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's fun and it's campy, but you do that when you're on a reality show, you kind of up the camp level. Like we love campy shit anyway, but when you know you're being recorded for a reality show, you do kind of up the camp a little bit and you push what you're ordinarily going to be doing to make it a little cheesier and a little campier and a little more visual and a little more interesting to watch. And people just act like this is like the most ludicrous thing we've ever done. 
the visual thing, I think, is what's really important, too. Yeah. Like, you do have to make things bigger and better when you're mm-hmm. doing a reality show. Everybody knows what regular life looks like. They yeah, nobody wants your, to watch that. Yeah, they want to see what you're crazy, glamorous. Like, what What are these girls going to do Eccentric. Yeah, that's yeah. what they want to see. So, I, um, and the first wind that I ever got that the doggy birthday party was, like, a bad thing to anybody was when I heard Kendra fighting with Kevin downstairs <gasps> in the dining room one time. I mean, I just heard shouting and screaming. I'm in my bedroom, which is like yeah. above the dining room. And I hear all this shouting and screaming from downstairs. And I was like, what is happening? And I opened up my door and I stood over the balcony and I hear Kevin and Kendra getting into it. Whoa. Hardcore. And then I heard Kendra tell call him fat and an asshole and that she's tired of doing fucking stupid bullshit on this show like doggy fucking birthday parties and i was like oh my god so i was like i i was just like oh my god (laughs) because i felt like that was like a slap in my face was it really soon after the dog birthday party or was it like season three four or five i honestly don't even remember Mm -hmm. what it was but it wasn't close to the doggy birthday party it was in another season but I don't remember exactly when this fight was, but it was a blowout and she called him a fat fuck. Whoa. And I mean, it just went, I mean, it was just, it was like full out fight. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I always heard too was from Kevin. And this was in the spinoff years when Kevin and I became closer. He would always talk to me a lot about, like he loved to talk about the origins of his other shows. Like I'm sure he sat you down too and told you all about how ancient aliens came about and how Oak Island happened. Oak Island. And he also told me about how Kendra's spinoff came to be and how they came up with the ideas and, you know, what, how they came up with the title. And he said that originally when they were developing Kendra's spinoff, she said she wanted to call the show Keeping It Real. And her whole thing was, I only want to do real shit. Like, I don't want to do any fake fucking dog birthday parties. And that was just always the feedback I heard that she what she hated to do. She would sum up everything she hated about Girls Next Door and anything she thought was fake as the dog birthday party. And it's like, okay, if that's just her problem, fine. But people have jumped on board with it over the years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you ass lickers. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that wasn't fake for me. No, that was not a fake thing for me. Like well, I would have done something for Winnie's birthday no matter what. I love planning parties, uh-huh. planning any events. I would have done something for Winnie. It may not it wouldn't have been that big, but I would yeah. have definitely done something for her. I probably would have still done the dog bakery that we're going to get into. Like I would have done a lot of the same things. So this is not fake for me. It's very organic. It's something that I enjoyed doing. I really truly thought of Winnie as like my child. Yeah. And I'm so <laughs> glad I did because Well, now you have all those memories and the photos. And I'm glad you did, too, because it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And we'll get into all of the reasons that I think it's such an amazing episode. Yeah. But but yeah, like I I wouldn't change a thing. I would if somebody said, could you if you did girls next door all over again, would you still do the dog birthday party? I'd be like, yes, I'd do it twice. Yeah, I'd probably contribute more to it. So before we get into the episode, we're going to jump in our hot tub time machine. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just like we're going to right through your hot tub time machine. We should call it the grotto time machine. We should. (laughs) The grotto time machine. Where are we? So this episode first aired on September 3rd, 2006. The number one song was Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. Anytime I hear like Justin Timberlake's solo music, it brings me back to the time period, but not in a good way, because I remember his first album, and that reminds me of the Mean Girls era. Wait, I'm bringing Sexy back? Yeah. Why did I think that song came out later? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I looked it up. Maybe I found the wrong chart. (laughs) No, you probably didn't. I probably just am wrong, but... And then the number one movie that week was a movie called Invincible. And I was like, what was that? And it's a Mark Wahlberg football movie. Oh, I don't remember it. I remember. We probably watched it at the mansion and I don't remember. I know. I think so, too. So anyway, justice for the dog birthday party. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So it starts out in the backyard on a peacock making its peacock noises. Pink flamingos. Oh, and if you're wondering what the peacock noises are, you can... Flash to the, oh, the yeah. top of this episode to hear it. Although, uh, Holly does a pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Cuts 
to my room. I'm sitting on the floor and I say, I think of myself as Wednesday's mom. She's my baby girl. And this is kind of a theme of the episode too, because as you'll see, we'll get into it. It's also Easter. It's also talk about parenting because this whole episode is supposed to be like the springtime reproduction motherhood episode. And they're trying to fit that to us in any way they can. Did you know Easter was originally a pagan fertility festival? I did not. Around the goddess Ishtar. And that's where the word Easter comes from. I did not know any of that. Now you know. Interesting. When he's laying on the floor and I'm trying to put a bow in her hair, but she keeps flopping on her back, so I can't do it. So just so you guys know, Winnie doesn't like outfits, as you're going to see in this in this episode, but she also didn't even like bows in her hair. And I loved the bows in her hair. And anytime I got them put in, whether the groomers put them in or I got one put in, she would have them out in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how she does it. Yeah. You know what's funny is when we're talking about this in commentary, the three of us each say something that goes perfectly with our character, but I don't think we mean to. Like, you're like, oh, I love bows on Winnie's hair, though. And I'm like, she just wants to be naked. And Kendra's like, she's a tomboy. I feel Uh, like that bops each of our characters perfectly and we weren't even trying. It totally does. (laughs) This is a very Girls Next Door quintessential scene because I put in my notes, dogs and boobs. Were my boobs out? Your boobs were out. (laughs) <laughs> what was I wearing? I can't well, remember. Well, it was the dog birthday party outfit. So it was kind of that oh. crop orange top. But you're kind of like bending over, which I think adds to it because you're like bending over Winnie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I have to wear a bra with that top. And I was trying to hide my bra with it, but I didn't uh-huh. have very good luck doing it. So the next scene is outside the mansion. A new angle this time. This is a new angle. Like, I know I like pointing out the angles that they do, but did you see this angle? No, I put that in my notes too. I'm like, they're really getting creative with the angles because it's through the archway that you can drive through under the mansion. And it's pointed toward my vanity window, which they're finally getting that right too. Like they're finally figuring out like what shots of what windows do we need to use for what room? (laughs) Yeah, but I'd never seen this angle before. It's a really good one. I Mm -hmm. like it too. I'm on the floor petting my dogs, cut to the vanity. And I had four dogs. And anybody who's had more than two dogs, like it's a fucking cacophony. (laughs) Like it's just like, I mean, my dogs, some of them were yappy, but it's just like chaos at all times. And you say it's springtime here at the mansion. And what that means is a lot of baby animals. It's like a Disney movie. None of us have kids, but we do have a lot of animals that we play mother to at the mansion. It's funny how animal greedy I was back then and continued to be for several years after that. And now, and it's probably because I have kids, but now I can barely handle one dog. I'm like, this is my limit. Like Rainbow loves animals. And she's always like, mom, can we get a cat? Mom. I'm like, I am pooped. I am like at my animal limit with one dog. <laughs> yeah. I know my boundary. I know my limits now. Well, I think it's because you have kids. Yeah, I think so for too. sure. But that's like Nick is always asking me, can we get another cat? Can yeah. Get another cat? <laughs> I'm always like, no, two is that's enough so cats. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Level. So then the next scene is Holly's in the Great Hall and Hef comes down the stairs and Holly says, are you ready to come find the white peacocks? But I think you should reiterate a little bit on this part because we talked about it already, Mm -hmm. even though we weren't in this episode yet. But it wasn't something that Hef would have normally have done. Yeah, I feel like this is another one of those scenes where he's doing it in season two because at this point he's seen what the show is and he's in love with the show. So he's willing to make that extra effort. I feel like in season one, if I was like, Hef, we need to do a scene where we go out in the backyards and look for the white peacocks he would have been like no you can just do that on your own (laughs) you know he would not not have been into it yeah or even before the show he would have been like i'm not gonna go do that yeah like i just don't feel like he would have been into it at all but totally for the show yeah totally and you go walking by the cages and say hi guys it's mommy which is our first like real indication that like we're very motherly on the yeah 
animals. And there's this weird shot of me running with the birds on my arms. And I just miss Kerala so much when I see that because Kerala was such a funny bird. Like I'd have all these things like if I'd move my arm up and down while she was on it, she would do these funny things like these funny dances. Do you remember? Yeah. And her neck looked like a weird like accordion. And it she was laugh. Yes. Or at least it seemed like yeah. laughing. But she, it looked like I she swear was that bird could communicate with me. Yeah. She was so funny. She had such a personality. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, you say that you think that you're going to be a great mom because you get a ton of practice with all the animals around here. And my next question for you is, do you think that playing mother to all the animals at the mansion helped you in being a real mother? I don't know. It's so hard to compare. It's like apples and oranges. I I almost think anything animal aside, I think anytime you get practice in dividing your time or just time management helps toward being a mom, I think. That's kind of the first thing that jumps to mind. It's hard to compare just because taking care of a kid is so different than the bare minimum you have to do to take care of an animal of kind course. of. But yeah, it's it's funny even watching this and hearing me say that. It's so funny to like watch a younger version of myself talk about being a mom now that I am a mom. It's yeah. so weird. I even felt that was kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird. For it's you. Like, like, yeah, like I feel like you. I'm not, I mean, I'm not that person because it was a long time ago, but I feel like, who is that? That's a foreign entity. Like, <laughs> But I think that caring for animals is a lot like caring for kids. I mean, I say that without having mm-hmm. kids, but I just mean caring for anybody or anything. It's definitely a good starter pack Mm -hmm. to make you realize the responsibilities, I think. Like, it's great to introduce pets into kids' lives so they get that kind of responsibility. And I think you learn a lot of empathy by caring for animals, too. Yeah. And and also, I guess it depends on what kind of a pet mom or dad you are to your pets. Because some people are very, like, bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, they just have a dog and it's whatever. But I feel like other people... And I talked about this when Winnie passed away. I feel like some people just have a pet and they have a pet. It's their pet. Yeah. And then I feel like some people have a pet and it's like their kid, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like other people have a pet and it's sort of like a soulmate. And I yeah. f- and and there's nothing wrong with any of those yeah. things if that's your relationship mm-hmm. with your pet or that's the way you are. But I feel like there's three totally different kinds of like bonds that you can have with your pet. A hundred percent. And I think if you wanted to really go, there's another one too where people don't even... And I hate this, but I'll bring it up anyway. People don't even look at it as their pet, that the dog is there or the cat is there for whatever, for a purpose. Like it's a guard dog. Yeah. It's not a pet. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the family. It's a guard yeah. dog. Or the cat is there because it's killing rodents or whatever. Yeah. Like, it has a purpose. It's not our pet. It's not our friend, which I hate that. But yeah. like, I, I think people do look at it in mm-hmm. different ways like that. I saw a meme the other day, and I think this is really good for this episode, and I hope I don't mess it up. But it said that a cat is your best friend or cat or a dog. Your pet Uh is your best friend for a short part of your life. Mm -hmm. But you're your cat or dog's best friend for its whole life. Oh, my God. That hit me. That is so sad. Isn't it? It's so sweet, but so sad. It is. I know it makes me teary-eyed, too. Sad. It's so interesting. And I feel like um, I feel like people who don't have pets in their life are really, really missing out on something. I think so, too. Like, I understand, like, it's super hard and expensive these days. Holy yeah. Oh, there's fuck. a million reasons The not vet to. bills when they get old. Jesus Christ. No. But yeah, you're right. And I feel like it's interesting to think about how pet ownership has changed over the years. Like, I feel like back in the day, people just used to have, like, a dog in a doghouse in the backyard. Right. And now it's like, you really have to be, like, on every detail of your pet's life or you'll be criticized, which obviously I'm all for people treating their dogs the best they absolutely can. But it's crazy to think about it because the standards have changed. That's so funny that you say that because I didn't even think of it from a like a social media perspective or Mm -hmm. the way other people would see it. But I just feel like people in general and maybe it's just maybe it's this is not everywhere but i feel like you're right like when we were younger it was okay just to have a dog chained up in the backyard yeah. or mm-hmm. in dog house mm-hmm. or like you know whatever and when i say chained up i don't mean like in a bad way i mean like on a long yeah. chain where uh-huh. it, you know just so it doesn't get away kind of thing but now like i feel like people don't do that they much more understanding and loving to pets yeah i feel like it's one of the ways society's kind of evolving people are treating their pets better because back in the day like even like growing up in the 80s like it was so common for people just have outdoor pets that never came inside almost you know what i mean yeah and i i do think that's changing but i wonder as we're talking about this if it's changed everywhere or if it's more like a la or california thing or 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Or more just like people who are putting themselves in front of social media and, you know. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I would love to know your guys' thoughts on it. Just like chime in on the comments. Mm hmm. Because I, I think it's really interesting. I know. I feel totally lost. Like we just went on this emotional dog tangent. We did. I forgot one of the kinkachus was named Yoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that you get to see the kinkachu here. Mm-hmm. So He's if so you, um, they show it for like a split second. But if you're wondering, and I ask, wait, where, I don't even know where this is in my notes, but I ask you, I think in commentary, how do they get the kinkachus out? Because it's daylight when yeah. they're out and the kinkachus are just nocturnal. And you were like, oh, they had to like, like kick them out of their nests. Like, oh and, my gosh. And get them up. So they were very happy oh, just kinkachus. to get one of them on yeah. camera. And then I said in commentary, I'm the only non-zoo person allowed in with the ta- tamarind monkeys. Yeah. And that one of the cameramen tried to get in there to get the shot and he got attacked. I know. I, well, I didn't remember that happening, but I obviously heard that in commentary this time. And I was shocked because Kendra laughed and said, ha ha, I wish I could have seen that. Oh, I'm no. like, what? <laughs> yeah, because that's serious shit. It's like serious. the tamarinds were tiny, but obviously they can bite you. And even with Coco, we had to be really careful. And when I first was lobbying to get Coco to come out of the cage, Ish was really scared. He's like, absolutely not. If that monkey could fuck up your face, like he was really scared to do it. So we were always so careful. But there was one point where one of the people on the zoo staff took a vacation. It wasn't a very long one. But when she came back, Coco attacked her. And it's because monkeys feel like if they see someone leave and then come back, that they have abandoned the tribe. So they get angry at them and take it out. That's why like people always ask me, like, what animal do you want to see from the mansion again? Or if now you could have one of the animals from the mansion. I'm like, oh, Carol, I love Carol. And Coco's the other one I was really, really attached to. But I don't even know if Coco's still alive. I bet she's probably not because she was probably pretty old even when I knew her. But Coco might be pissed at me for abandoning the tribe these days. So I don't want to get attacked. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. And then you say, I want to have kids before I'm 30. And I know you've told me this before, Uh but how old were you when you first, when you had Rainbow? I think I was 33 when I got pregnant with Rainbow. So pretty close. But it kind of, it does kind of make me laugh now how I thought that I had to have kids before I turned 30. Yeah. Because kind of close, early 30s. But back then I was really scared of like biological clock. And I remember, you know, going to the gynecologist, which was the same one we all saw when I have doctors and saying that I was worried because I was like in my mid 20s and do I need to have kids now or I'll be out of luck. And he goes, no, because he had a practice in Beverly Hills. He goes, everybody I see who has kids is 35, at least most people are 40. And I don't know if that's because they were doing in vitro or what, but I was like, oh, okay. But I still kind of felt a sense of urgency about it quite a while. Which I guess isn't bad because it no, it's made, not bad. Made me motivated. I did not have a sense of yeah. urgency. I mean, obviously, I felt like I needed to um, retrieve my eggs and stuff, mm-hmm. but I did not have a sense of urgency. And then I feel like that all backfired. I feel like the biological clock is such a shame these days. Now that people are living longer and healthier, because I feel like I don't want to say people make better parents because you can be an adult of any age and pull yourself up and be a great parent. I think. But it's so great to like have that life experience. And it's just such a shame that like the prime time is like early 20s because who knows what the fuck they're doing in their early 20s. Yeah, I agree. Like you can argue it all day. And and Mm -hmm. obviously there's great parents in their 20s and great parents that are older. But I feel like the older you are, the more like kind of responsible, the more you have your own shit together, Uh the more you can kind of focus on your kids without trying to just make your own yeah you know just like still trying to grow up yourself like there's just I feel like there's so many benefits to being an older parent but I think that just when you're a little bit older you have usually you know you have uh, always not always of course Mm -hmm. but like you'll have your career more you know like you've got your partying days out of your system yeah just like you know more trustworthy friends yeah I mean maybe not necessarily but you know what I mean like things are just a little more together Yeah, it's a shame how that lines up and how that compares with like how we live our lives these days in the modern world, you know, like I wish biology would like kind of catch up and we could be fertile longer, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and don't even get us started again about how it's not the same for men. Uh, Although I've been hearing that there can be some downsides to old sperm. I heard that too. Like it's yeah. not just the egg. Yeah, I think I think you may have even told me yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, men still do have a longer shelf life with that stuff, which yeah. sucks for us. But yeah. but it's not it, it's not foolproof either. 
Right. So Hank is out there with you, and I can't quite hear what he says to you, but it sounds like he says, you are mothering it, and it's very nice. Oh, I think he says, you have a good mothering instinct. Very nice. Oh, instinct. But I thought, Hank is such a good sport, because you know they made him go out there and like say that, because he's a kind person. He would say something like that, but it's a random thing to say out of the blue. Like It's clearly a prompted line that goes too perfectly with this show. Yeah. And what's interesting is they already knew that that was going to kind of be the storyline. Mm-hmm. Us being mothers or mothering yeah. to the pets in preparation to be mothers one day. Yeah. So then the next scene, we're outside the mansion in the front, shows the ma- mansion staff prepping for the Easter party, carrying Easter baskets, bouquets of balloons, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sitting in the dining room and I'm setting out tons of Easter baskets. Yeah. And seeing you with those old school Easter baskets and the old school like plastic Easter grass, it like makes me taste Easter candy. Like it was visceral seeing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was over Easter at this point. And obviously we'll get into it later in this episode. Like I just felt like it's kind of like watching every Everybody else have a life and I'm just like forced to stand there kind of. Right. <laughs> and I noticed that I bought some themed egg decorating kits that were sports themed. And you know that I'm doing that specifically for Kendra mm-hmm. to try and like, you know, make her feel included and more interested in it. And I just want to note that because oh, yeah. of later. Yeah, I feel like we always tried to do stuff like that. Like this is dumb, but like even later in the Marie Antoinette birthday, like I know Kendra's not going to want to dress up in a princess outfit. But I have the Snow White outfit and at least it's charger colors. So I'll go give her that one because maybe she'll think that's fun because I knew she always like threw a fit about doing stuff, but she would always like try and find a way to like make it her own, you know? Yeah. But I felt like we were always really trying to encourage that and stuff. From day one, because one of the first parties she came to, other than working Hef's birthday party, Mm -hmm. was Easter. Yeah. And Casablanca night. And I gave her a dress to wear for Casablanca Mm -hmm. night. And we bought her a dress to wear at Easter. Yeah. So, like, right from the very, very beginning, we were always, like, considerate of her and how she felt about these things and how it was harder for her to figure out what to wear Mm -hmm. and to, you know, be prepared for everything. So, we tried to help and, like, make it fun for her, too. Yeah. So, the next scene, I say I'm in complete party planning mode because not only am I getting ready for our Easter party, but today is Wednesday's birthday party. And I have to start the day by picking up the cake from Three Dog Bakery. You have to tell us what Three Dog Bakery is, and especially through the lens of things like this were not common back then. Like this was a huge, like nowadays you'll see kind of stuff like this around or you'll st- see like special custom pet cookies at like Petco or whatever. Yeah. But back then a dog bakery was like a new thing. Yeah, it was so unique. And it It's literally just that, like a dog bakery. So they would do dog cakes and they had like a whole and you'll see it on the show, but they had like a whole bakery window with like different cookies and little like muffins and all kinds of different things. And now like you can get dog stuff, like you said, at Petco, they Mm -hmm. have a whole bar of like dog (laughs) treats and candies and cookies and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. for your dogs. And then, you know, like Sprinkles Cupcakes started doing dog cupcakes and things like that. So like it became more and more common. And now it's just like kind of normal to be able to buy like bakery goods for Mm -hmm. your pets. But back then, and I thought it was like kind of really new back then, but I looked it up and they opened in 1996. Holy shit. I feel like they were like, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they were cutting edge with this stuff. Like they were. I feel like it too. And I remember before this episode, like Betty McCann used to tell me about the dog bakery in the valley and you should go get some stuff for your dogs. Like it was a funny, it was a rare novelty thing. Yeah. And then I don't think that that is there anymore. The one I went to and I thought maybe it doesn't exist anymore, but I couldn't be more wrong. I looked it up and they have tons of locations. Oh, wow. And they're international. Damn. Yeah. Like, but I don't think the location I went to still mm-hmm. exists, but there are still some in LA and everything. Yeah. Like, but they're all over, which I was really shocked. And I just have to t- make a side note here. I really like my hair on this day. Oh, yeah. It's really pretty. Like, I, I uh-huh. feel like it's cute. Did you have to go to that bakery twice? Yes. Like, once to really get the cake and once for the show? Yeah. I'll, I'll get into that too. They didn't film me actually going to get the cake, which uh-huh. I think is kind of weird. I don't know if they just didn't have enough time. So here's what could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I now that I'm saying this, out loud. I feel like this is probably what happened. Uh They can only film for so long Mm -hmm. before their hours are up and we needed all the the crew. So so one of two things can happen. They can have like one camera crew start early and then another camera crew come later if you're filming for a long period of time. 
But in this case, we have the dog birthday party going on. And then that same night, we're going to do the Easter egg dying party. Mm -hmm. And so they need multiple camera crews all day long. And so I bet that nobody could come that early in the morning to pick up the cake with me. Okay, so you had to reenact. Okay, so I had to go back on another day and actually film that scene and like try and do my hair the same way and like all that stuff, which is always hard and fake it. So yeah, I had to go pick up a cake twice. And in case anybody's wondering the reason they can't go over over time is because then you have to pay everybody overtime on the crew and that gets over budget so well and not only that but there's laws you know that yeah. um the unions have laws mm-hmm. against them working any longer than the set amount of time and also we'd have to stop down you probably already know this but when it was a lunch time for the crew you have to stop yeah like, no matter what's going on in the middle of a scene or mm-hmm. whatever like it they have to break for lunch they have to break for lunch yeah like it has to happen right now and then Lori shows you the cake she made right yeah which is so cute so she goes into the walk-in fridge and brings out the Winnie cake and it's a, like a chocolate chocolate cake it's supposed to look like Winnie it kind of does uh-huh. I think she did a it's good like a job Winnie bear it's like it a bear does cake, look like a bear yeah. I think so too then in the next scene we're in Kendra's room. And, and it's like the ultimate cut from like bright, cheery springtime to dark den of a yes. room. And it's like, it says like 1215 on her digital alarm clock, which I think means noon. Like yeah. waking up at noon. Yeah. And then Kendra's pissed at the crew for waking her up. And she says, it's so early. God. And she's like, not just joking about this. Like she, you could tell she's very irritated that they're mm-hmm. in there. And in an interview, Kendra says, to be honest, I've never, ever heard of any dog having a doggy birthday. All I was thinking was dog shit everywhere. Like when is there not dog shit everywhere at the mansion? Like Including that's nothing new. I know. And then she's like, dogs ripping other dogs' heads off. What? Like, <laughs> why would she say? that like it's all the dogs that are at the mansion and they all get along like nobody's ever ripped anybody's head off before like why would it happen because it's a birthday party i know that's so weird Um, she's very negative about the dog birthday party right off the bat and it's not that big of a deal in and of itself except for us because we lived with her every day like we know the feeling that goes with it like there was like a hostility yes. and like we've talked about before like she would go through these moods where she'd be like really resentful that she even had to like do anything with us and just so you guys know like at this point in the show we're all getting paid to be there so this is your job it's not that hard to go out to a dog birthday party And I couldn't figure out why she was so resentful. But as I'm watching this, she was like, I had other things to do. And I'm thinking, what did she have to do? Like, if she's not in massage school at this point, like, what other things to do? No, she had plans with somebody. Yeah. Or something she wanted to do with somebody. Yeah. Because we're going to get to it. She's on the phone with them. And this is just like the attitude we had to deal with day to day. And like, Mm -hmm. we couldn't even, you know, joke around or give her a hard time about it or like, we'd be the problem, you know? Yeah. And I think usually the show is good at disguising it and making Mm -hmm. her look like she's being a sport. But this was a hostility we dealt with all the time. Yeah. And also, you guys, you know, just so you know, like I know every episode needs conflict. So if she wants to be like poo-pooing the dog birthday party at first, but then she goes out and it's fine and it's fun. And it was just her kind of like ripping on it for the show, like to create some contrast, like, oh, I really have to go to a dog birthday party. That's fine. That's great. But I know that's not what it was. It was not like, what it she was. was. It was a thing. And in this episode, and we'll get into it when she's like on the phone, but I kind of thought maybe it has to do with a guy. Like maybe, maybe she's dating somebody and that, or she's interested in somebody who wanted to spend the day with her. And she's she pissed because she has to go to the dog per- birthday party. Yeah, that makes sense. There will be things coming up that I don't really want to do. Like, I'm the clumsiest person in the world. I'm the always the last picked in gym class. I don't want to go wakeboarding. I don't want to play softball. But when those things came up, I fucking go to the batting cages with Kendra ahead of time to learn. You know, like, I'm getting paid to be there. Yes, yeah, snowboarding. I don't know how to snowboard, but I went and did it. Yeah, I feel like we did that for, like, very a Kendra thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I was happy to do it. Like, yeah. I'm not even complaining about it now. Like, I'll stretch my comfort zone. I'll do shit I know I'm going to be bad at. I'll do shit I know I'm going to look stupid doing because I'm getting paid to be there and it's an easy fucking job. Yeah. And because we are supportive of each other. Yeah, 100%. So then the next scene, Brian Alea is helping me carry decorations and stuff out to the game house. And then he asks me, like, who's all coming? And they do the Brady Bunch faces. Yes, I love it. They divide the screen into a grid of, like, nine different pictures. And as you list off the dogs, they 
pop a picture or video of a dog into each of the grid. And it's so cute. And then Brian Alea and Guy are helping in the backyard of the game house. And I show the heart-shaped dog bowls and I wrote everyone's names on I them. I love those dog bowls. And I kept mine for a long time. Like, I think eventually they broke because they were plastic. Yeah. But I had mine for like years. And it made me laugh when they're panning over the dog bowls because I forgot Hef had one. And it's just so funny to see a dog bowl that says Hef on it. Yeah. And not only that, you guys, but we actually ate out of the dog bowls. Yeah, they were like they, cute. Of course, they were brand new. But like we, um, yeah, we all ate our lunches out of them. I'm glad we got to do a scene behind the game house because it's such a pretty area. And it has that big stained glass thing that Barbie had made. And that's like a map of the mansion. And it was just a nice excuse to use that area. Yeah, I feel like it was so underutilized, but it was mm-hmm. like really pretty and nicely contained. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the perfect spot. Yeah, Guy brings out all the balloons because they have like a helium tank in the office and they help blow them up and everything. And in interview, I say we're having pita pizzas for the dogs and for us. When you said pita pizzas, my first thought as I'm rewatching this was, oh, we should find out what the recipe for that was and we should make a TikTok or something. But then on the show, they actually cut to Tasha, one of the chefs in the kitchen, and she's doing a step-by-step how to make the pita pizzas, which were delicious, by the way. Like, I think that was something I started to order regularly after this thing. Yeah. And when I was watching this scene, Bridget, and I have not felt this until this episode so far on this rewatch, I can feel... Kevin, the producer's presence in this episode, like I can really feel him in the edit and I can feel how much he loved this episode. Like when Tasha starts explaining the pita pizza and how to make it and they play the corny Italian music in the background. I don't know what it was about that scene, but I'm like, Kevin was really had his hands on this episode and I can just feel like his presence in a room and how he would kind of get all dreamy eyed and like lost in a scene if he was really into something. And I just thought it was interesting because I haven't really like I Obviously, I know Kevin loved the show and he was proud of everything about the show. But watching it back, this is the first time I was watching it. And I really like felt that. That's interesting because I felt that in this episode, too. Maybe not in this exact scene, but I just felt like Kevin really loved this. Mm -hmm. And I know Hef really loved it, too. Um, I think Kevin just loved the sweetness and cuteness of everything. Yeah. But I think Hef really was an animal lover and Mm -hmm. loved that the animals are being featured and was just like kind of tickled by it. Yeah. I felt like they both really liked it. And like I said, it would have never been approved or allowed to be done if they weren't like thought it was a good episode. Yeah. If everybody thought it was dumb, like it wouldn't have got through. Like we didn't have that power. Yeah. (laughs) I had many of my ideas shut down for the record. But this just watching that and thinking that like it made me miss Kevin. Like I always say, like, even though Kevin did a lot of shit to me and I feel like he did me dirty in a lot of ways, like I still there was that other side of our relationship where I really miss our friendship and I miss the good times we had yeah i feel that too sometimes the next scene cuts back to behind the game house and i say do we have a plastic baby pool and this becomes a thing (laughs) that i want to explain so i thought i had seen a plastic baby pool at the mansion Uh before and i was just gonna have them like slide it into the backyard Mm -hmm. and fill it with water because it was really hot in that backyard too and this way the dogs can cool off and go swimming something they didn't get to usually Mm -hmm. do and i thought that'd be fun and exciting for them or maybe they don't want to do it but i thought it'd be cute to see if they would and brian says whatever the dogs want the dogs get but i did not know they were going to run out and try and buy a pool and bring it back (laughs) like i thought they were just going to pull one out from the like the zoo area somewhere because i think we did have one at one time Seems like we would for like turtles or something. For yeah, well, even like the birds and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I know you say later in commentary that the the flamingos or something like to play in it, or maybe it was the cranes. It seems like I feel like I've seen a kitty pool too that was like brought out every once in a while for like some animal thing. Yeah. So anyway, next scene we're in the office and it shows Norma writing on the calendar and Kendra is down there and she's like tickling Hef's back and he says. Before I even go into what happens here, I can already sense that she's down there trying to get trying out to of get out of it. Trying to get out of it, 100%. And that's why she's doing the tickling. Yeah. She's like kind of playing it out what his mood is mm-hmm. and what everybody's saying down there mm-hmm. about the party. Like, I already know what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just because I've seen this before. Like, I can yeah. just tell by her actions and the way she's going about things and have asked her are you going to the doggy birthday party and she says 
No. And when she says that, she's not kidding. Like she wants yeah. to see if she can get away with yeah. that. Like if he'll, if he says, oh, you're kidding. Oh, okay. Well then we'll see you later tonight or whatever. But instead he like turns around and looks at her and says, you're not going to the party. Like he's truly like, what? And then you see her flip a switch real fast. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden tone of voice changes. Oh no, I'm, I'm going. Huh, see yeah. There, oh, I, was, I was just kidding. Yeah. I was just kidding. And he laughs and makes fun of her for saying no. And he, I think he thinks she was just kidding, but I know she was not yeah. just kidding. She was going to see if she could get away with that. And Hef starts to walk away and she says, are you, are you going? And he turns around and says, of course. Yeah. Another sign that Hef is totally into this. Yeah. Because how hard is it, even for somebody who does have a busy schedule, mm-hmm. to go out in the yard and have lunch and spend some time with the animals? Yeah. Like, is it so hard? Is it so awful? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part that just gets me. Yeah. We're not even <laughs> asking you, like, I'm not asking you to go and dig in the dirt and pull out worms and eat them or yeah. something like yeah. weird. Like, we're doing something very basic and should be something just fun uh-huh. and something you have to do anyway take your dogs out and have lunch and then the next scene we're in brian's office oh in this part this whole scene confuses me too yeah so dan the chef is standing in the doorway and brian looks at him and says okay so i'm feeding dogs and dan says yep you're feeding dogs and brian said bridget has a birthday party for wednesday and nobody informed us it was going to be wait pl- Oh, nobody informed us it was going to be plate service. Yeah. And nobody. Okay. I thought you were going to say nobody informed us. I was like, wait, wasn't he planning it from the get go? Yeah. He says nobody informed us it was going to be plate service. But let me just uh, let's just back up for a second. And I I posted this stuff on um, the Patreon. I had invitations. That mm-hmm. I passed out to everyone ahead of time. Like, oh, there way was a ahead printed out menu. There's a printed out menu that I worked with the kitchen staff on. Yeah. There is a custom cake made, not just for Wednesday, but uh-huh. for us from Lori. They are helping blow up the balloons. There's preparation in the backyard. Like, I don't know how they could have not known. They know Hef's going to be out there. They know Mary's going to be out there. They know we're filming it. Like, they know all this stuff. So if they didn't plan enough butlers for the day, I just feel like it's not because... and, and And then I'm like, okay, let me break this down even more. So plate service. But we aren't really having plate service. Like, we're having salad and pizzas yeah we're not individually ordering our own things it's a kind of a set Mm -hmm. menu so i'm very very confused and brian's very much involved not only in helping me plan wednesday's birthday party but also in the egg dying party we're gonna have later in the day so i'm very confused as to the confusion yeah it's weird like what's happening yeah And in commentary, I say, I told Brian that we don't need a butler, but they insisted. And I think they insisted because Hef was going out there and the camera crews were going to be out there. I think maybe they just thought, oh, Bridget's having a birthday party and just the girls are going out there. But when they realized Hef's going to be out there and the camera crew, all of a sudden they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Because there's no way they didn't know every detail about this. Or maybe the producers are like, how can we ratchet this up so it looks a little more eccentric? Beverly Hills, what do they do for their dogs? Oh, let's get a couple more butlers out here in vests and make it look like they're serving the dogs. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe, but... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, So the next scene, Holly's walking down the stairs with all her dogs and you look so good. Thanks. This. this is one of my favorite looks of the whole show. Just like the dress and the blowout. The that blowout. Laurent did. It's, like it's a good a diff- blowout and I wish I could replicate it now. <laughs> it's such a different look for you too. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah, it's really fun. Was it um new extensions maybe? Well, I don't think that's what made the blowout good because what made the blowout good was the way he did my bangs. I love those bangs. Yeah, that's what made it different um and you go into the backyard of the game house and captain bob is there which already i'm like oh yeah that's mary's partner he's there with mary's dog miss kitty but he's passed away so you know it's that's what's kind of fun about watching this is we get to see everyone people come back to life yeah Yeah. um it shows winnie running out to the game house but she stops because she hates i have this um happy birthday handkerchief around her Mm -hmm. neck which i have in my scrapbook and i don't know if you guys get this way or maybe i'm just weird but it has some of her hair on it and i'm like baby win yeah it makes me all sentimental maybe you could have her cloned from the hair can they do that probably for a lot of money 
Would that be scary to you to get a clone of Winnie? I don't think it would be scary to me. I just think that it's one of those things that's kind of unaffordable for except for like the really uber rich. And it's weird, too, because it's the dog, but it's not the dog. Yeah. Like it's not the same soul. Right. So would that be weird? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I ordinarily would not be into the idea of cloning a dog because I'm so pro like animal rescue. But when I lost Rascal, I'm like, okay, I can see why people do it just because Rascal was like so unique Mm -hmm. and such a good dog and so well behaved. I mean, granted, he was trained and stuff, too, but he was just like so ideal for my lifestyle in a lot of ways. Like he was so good in the car, like on drives to Vegas and back and forth and just everything. And I wouldn't do it because, again, like I'm so pro animal rescue, but I can see why people would want to clone certain dogs. Yeah. Like I said, it goes back to how you feel about your pet. And so, you know, it's either a pet Mm -hmm. or you're like, it's your, it's like your baby or it's your soulmate. And I think when you feel like it's your soulmate, like. But then it's not going to have the same soul. Right. So then is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, who did it? Didn't like bet Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to ask her that. (laughs) Not that I could just ask her. I know. Like, I wish we could get the Barbara Streisand interview, but let's just talk about your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Barbara, we need to know. (laughs) I wish somebody would ask her an interview. I know. I wonder if it's something she's open to talking about, or I wonder if it's something she gets snitty. Like, I don't need to tell you about my clone dog. Well, she obviously told somebody she did it, right? So, like, she must not be. Or somebody leaked it. Or maybe it was like that thing where somebody posted the picture of her house online, and then nobody thought anything of it. But because she sued, then it became a thing. And now they call it the Barbara Streisand effect. Wait, what? Okay, so the Barbara Streisand effect is when something is out in the public, but nobody really caught on to it and nobody cared. But because you got so pissed that it was out there that you decided to sue or make a big fuss out of it, now everybody goes and looks. And now everybody knows exactly where Barbara Streisand's house is and exactly what the aerial view of it looks like. And her privacy is breached, you know, if she didn't want anyone to see that. But nobody gave a shit before she said anything. So when you make a fuss about something and bring attention to the thing you never wanted anybody to see in the first place, it's called the Barbara Streisand effect. That's so interesting. That's Which is back how- why like how Hef would not make any comment when girls would write yes. books about him because Barbara Streisand effect, which is another weird thing about Hef's later years is he made a statement after my book came out. And I thought that's weird because the Hef I knew would have never done that. Yeah. And I'm suspicious that maybe that was like written for him. Either he was like completely not all there and thought it would be a great idea to make that statement, which just ratcheted up my book sales. So thank you, Hef, or whoever his spokesperson was. So either he was like not right in the head and thought it would be a good idea and veered from his normal course of doing things, or he was not right in the head and somebody made that statement on his behalf saying it was him. I don't know. That's just my, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking when Mm -hmm. you were explaining what it was. Then Crystal Camden shows up. Yeah. And she's wearing these sunglasses, which were the sunglasses that were in style at the time that looked like you were going to go welding. Oh, my God. I had to go back you know and those look those big now. sunglasses that are like shielding your eyes. They're That's just like huge. So funny. That, but they were super in back then. Yeah. Welders. And then it cuts to Brian Alea and he says to camera, he's talking to camera, we found out that we need to have a doggy pool. So we sent Guy out to see if he can find a pool to be here by one o'clock and it's 1247. Yeah, I think he'll make it. But I'm just like, where's the sarcasm kind of coming from? Because I was not. You know what I think it is? You know what I think it is? I think it's Kevin wanting more of that upstairs, downstairs that he loved. And I think it's just him trying to make drama because we're doing this cute little dog birthday party. There's nothing dramatic about it except Kendra's giving us attitude. So what can we throw on the staff right. at the last minute? It's totally that. It's totally production. It's kind of like- It's not us because we would not order people around like that. Like you were very plan ahead of time. Yeah. I'm just showing up. Yeah. You and know? if there's not a doggy pool on the property then, or no not a, doggy yeah. pool, a baby pool on the property, then that's fine. Like, yeah. If there is, let's bring it over here. It was totally production. Yeah. And it reminds me, it's giving me the red polka dotted bathing suit thing yes it's an echo of that a hundred percent like i'm demanding this crazy thing and poor brian alea has to like or the staff have to run around like crazy yeah and you know whatever but yeah this didn't happen like that so then the next scene i say you look like a birthday party and you hundred percent do that's why i picked that dress that reminds me of like cake frosting like happy birthday (laughs) yes and i don't know even your hair and stuff like you just look like a birthday party (laughs) yay 
Mission accomplished. I know. And then, and then, like you said, Crystal, I mean, Hef's former girlfriend. Oh, Hef's former girlfriend, Crystal Camden. Walks in. And then they cut Kendra's in her room with a towel around her. And she's talking on the phone. Here's the part where I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She's talking on the phone saying she wishes she could. She's And she, not, she says she wishes she could go. Not to the dog birthday party. She's talking yeah. to whoever she's talking to on the phone. Somewhere. And then she says, no, not today. It's out of the question. And I think one of two things in here. I feel like this is either a fake phone call or she's talking to a guy on the phone. I think it could be either. And the way Hef walks in and he's kind of like pissy with her for being late, which this is like Hef finally like realizing that Kendra being late is Kendra's problem and not my problem. He snaps at me about it on Kara's slumber party but he's kind of i'm finally kind of getting some redemption here where like hef realizes if kendra's late and he's annoyed about it he needs to take it up with kendra but i feel like maybe he senses something's a little off with this because he seems annoyed either that or i was thinking the reason he could seem a little annoyed in the scene is she i have a feeling that when she was down in the office that she whined to mary about not wanting to come to the dog birthday party probably and i think that mary might have said something to hef about it and hef was probably like well too bad yeah like she needs to go to this Mm -hmm. we're filming it for the show like Mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just like something that's just happening randomly like this is part of the show and he's probably wondering well what does she want to go do if she's so desperate to not be here yeah which then the wheels are turning i think if that's the case then he might be thinking what's so important yeah you know like Mm -hmm. and might be thinking guy i do not know if she was seeing anybody at this time but she's also been open in her book and in the press that she was like seeing guys the whole time she was up there so it's not out of the realm of possibility right and I also feel like that's the reason why her moods fluctuated a lot while we were filming. It kind of depended on what was going on. Like if she was in a new relationship and wanted to spend all her time with this new guy or whatever, and we're taking or the show is taking up her time, she gets frustrated and irritated and irritated with us. That could be it because I never understood where it was coming from. Yeah. yeah. Or if she's like having problems in the relationship. Yeah. Then, then she's pissy got, and we're never going to know why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just looking back on it now, I feel like that makes more sense as to the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I feel like we were consistent in our relationship with her. Yeah, but we never know what we were getting in return. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was thinking like it's kind of funny too how like I am walking straight out to the dog birthday party. I don't really care about like waiting for Hef this time for whatever reason, and he's walking down with Kendra, which is kind of unusual. But it made me think of like when we were talking about being erased from Playboy after we left, you know what they did with the girls next door graphic like on some of the streaming is they switch because you know how in the bobbleheads when we're standing in front of the house, it's like it would be like Kendra, you, Hef, and then me. They switched it so it's you, Hef, Kendra, and then me. They bumped me out. Wait, on our... On like the... Like, if you go to streaming and you look at Girls Next Door, it's like the cover art. Yeah. Like, you know when we did the big box set, it was like our bobbleheads standing out in front of the house. Yeah. They like wedged Kendra and they bumped me down. That is... Isn't that like the level of petty that is completely unheard of that they would bother to go back and do that? Yeah, I'm totally shocked by that. And like, I don't really care. Like, I don't need to be like standing next to Hef in the thing. But it's just the fact that they went out of their way to do it. Right. It's just like, are you guys petty or what? Gosh, that just shows the level of resentment and stuff, too. Like, who does that? A hundred percent. And honestly, like, while Kevin was still alive, I always kind of had a fear that he would go back and like re-edit Girls Next Door to try and like make me look worse or make it look like I was lying in my book. I always kind of had that fear. Oof. So it shows Brian and Guy setting up the pool. So they got mm-hmm. it and we yeah. have plenty of time. There are some of the cutest shots of the dogs in this scene. That's one of the reasons I love this episode so much. There's really cute up close shots of the dogs eating. There's a really cute shot of Littlefoot with a party hat on yes. that I love. Yeah. And then in interview, you say, Rascal Martini were late. They must take after their mom. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And just to be clear, like you or I don't really give a shit if Kendra wants to be late or really if she wants to go at all. Like we were going to have fun no matter what. But it's the attitude. Yeah. The next scene cuts to Kendra in her room, still not dressed. Her phone rings and she screams, what the fuck? Ah! And she stomps her way over to her phone and she screams out, do people not want me to have a fucking day? 
okay. But you guys, this is not just like acting for the camera. That's how she was. I think it would have been funny if everybody just would have like dropped hands and been like, okay, Kendra, you can leave anytime you want and just seen what would have happened. But it's just like so hurtful for me to see her acting like this because I'm like, God, she just really can't stand anybody at the mansion and the lifestyle. Yeah. And I think there's something else, too. And it's not just with this episode. So this probably isn't like the best time to talk about it. It's more when we do the sleepover for Kara. But it's like she's just so mad if the plot line isn't her plot line. Like she's in a great mood when we go to San Diego because that's her thing. But if she's doing something in season two that's not her, she's fucking pissed about it. And a butler says, are you heading down, Kendra? And she says, what? And he says, everybody wants to know when you're heading down. And she says, fine, I'll just go out naked. And he says, okay, bye. Like nobody cares. (laughs) But this has to be like after two in the afternoon by now. And then she says, God, in a grumble. And then like whispers, haters. How is that haters that people want her to come down and be a part of things? So weird. Like, it's just so frustrating for me. And even though it's like however many years later, it's still like kind of hurtful and still like it's irritating to watch that somebody can just be so. Do you think it would be less irritating to watch if there hadn't been so much support and coddling for Kendra by the people who had the power to make things happen? Like if Hef hadn't been worried about like, I don't want to say giving her extra because it's not like he gave her extra. But if, like I said, like if people would have just been hands off and been like, okay, Kendra, you can just like walk out anytime you want. We're not going to make a special effort to like make you a spinoff or make sure you do this or make sure you show up to things. Show up if you want. If you don't, it'll just be Bridget and Holly and whatever other girls we want to feature on the show. Like would Kendra's attitude still bother you if people had acted that way? Probably not. I I feel like like same here. I feel like it's a combination of two things. Like it's not that we really care that much that Kendra was being a dick because who cares but it's the fact that she was a dick and then she was like the most supported one on all levels and everybody was just doing the most they could to prop her up and make sure she showed up to everything and make sure she had all the advantages and she can go do these club appearances and make all the money but you guys can't you have to stay home and it's just the combination of those two things that make it really gross in my mind well and the way everybody including ourselves felt we had to go out of our way to make it special for her so that she would be in a good mood Mm -hmm. to come and do it. Yeah. Before we move on, I will say there is an episode later in this season where they do go hands off and let her fall and then true colors come right out. Really? Yeah. Hef says Winnie looks like playmate material. And then we point out the the cover that the mm-hmm. fan made. And he says, oh, oh, fan made that cover. Yeah, oh, that's cute. I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Her name's Pam. And she oh, like cute. did that. So cute. And she made one for Gizzy, too. Aww. And then the next scene cuts back to Kendra. She goes down to Jenny's office and asks her if she has a spare card that she can give to Wednesday. I think the most interesting thing about that scene is just showing that in the office at the mansion, there was just a stockpile of cards for any occasion. That was kind of a cool resource. (laughs) I think there's a couple interesting things about this scene. One, I think it's interesting that Kendra just gave zero, zero, zero shits that she couldn't even like get a card, Mm -hmm. but that she felt she had to get a card. Because if she would have showed up empty-handed, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. Do you it think wasn't... production was like, Kendra, why don't you go down to Jenny's office and like get a card for Wednesday? Because I feel like they were always trying to make fetch happen with Jenny and Kendra. Like they were trying to make Jenny somebody that Kendra bounced off of and it just never really worked. It possibly. And just so you guys know, this wasn't about getting presents for my dog. Yeah, like we if, don't care. If people wanted to do that, cute. But like I... You know, was this was not about trying to get pre- presents yeah. on Wednesday. <laughs> so I didn't care if Kendra had it. And obviously, Wednesday doesn't know if she got a, a birthday card or not. So I don't care about a birthday card. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I also think it's interesting, like you said, that the um, mansion just has stockpiles of certain things like that. Yeah. And you even mentioned in commentary, oh, the office is such a good place for that kind of stuff. And wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah, they had wrapping paper, too. So it's just like kind of all at your disposal. Yeah. You know what else I love when they cut back to the dog birthday party is there's this footage of Rascal when he's in the baby pool and he's like chomping on the water oh i have that it's really cute he's like an alligator yeah 
and Brian and Guy come walking out with food trays. But I think I could be wrong, but I think this is edited to make it look like Kendra's there in time for food. But I mm. don't think she was. And everybody has their own bowl and they're all fed doggy pizza. And then you say the doggy pizza was amazing. So fucking good. I tried the dog cake, too, which that was a little dry. Yeah, it's a little bland. But edible. And you split yours with Duchess. And it's so funny because you're eating it and you're licking your fingers and stuff. And it shows Duchess like she's not getting enough food. Like, wait, you're eating it all. (laughs) So funny. And then you say, look at Rascal. And he's like chomping yeah, at the water. Yeah, it's so funny. It, I mean, Rascal's clearly having a great time. And that that made me like question in the notes here. I said, it begs the question. The dogs love it, but she didn't even want to let them be a part of it. Yeah. Like you can't even do it for your dogs to mm-hmm. let them go out and have a play day, get out of the house and go have like some fun food for one day and yeah. play mm-hmm. with other dogs. They were cooped up in that room all the time. Yeah. And I totally forgot about this. It shows Archie letting himself back in the front door. I 100% forgot he could do that and that he yeah. did it often. The front door at the mansion had like a lever handle and Archie could let himself into it. And I love that they got footage of that because it was such a funny, like quirky thing about the mansion. Like, oh, Archie can let himself in and out. And the fact that they caught it on camera was really cool and I think really special. And it's just one of those moments in the show where they're really capturing like the home movies of all this. You know, it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And it was kind of like a bad behavior in a way because they would want Archie to stay outside sometimes Mm -hmm. because of his rancid farts. And because, (laughs) as you know, he would go to the bathroom in the house. So they tried to get him to kind of stay outside Uh as much as possible. And um, he would he wouldn't have it. He just let himself right himself right back in. Yeah, so funny. (laughs) And that's all I have on the birthday party. After that, we're going to get into Easter. Yeah. So that's the dog birthday party. Justice for the dog birthday party. Yeah, I enjoyed the dog birthday party and I enjoy watching it back. I do too. I feel like it's all good memories or majority of yeah. good memories. And watching all of our pets again is like, that is just so incredible to have that. Yeah, totally. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would have another party for Wednesday. Yeah. She's here right now. Yeah. So we hope you guys have an amazing week. We'll see you next week. If you would like more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash next level. Oh yeah, I posted the menu for the party on mm-hmm. there and like all kinds of cute photos. So we will see you there and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye bye. 